All right, you guys ready? He's promoted intern. Oh, yeah. I thought we gave him junior analyst already. He, he didn't like junior analyst. I forgot what you guys gave me, but I knew I got promoted, so I put promoted intern. <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll get changed. Guy. You know, preseason. You know, preseason. Still figuring yeah. out our roles in the offense. Promoted intern's very vague. I mean, he could be the CEO <laughs> of the company. You know, or he could, or he could be in Bill Clinton's uh, Oval Office. Who knows? <laughs> Too far. Okay. Yeah. All right, but we're back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of National Pastime. John Toaster and J-Rob here for the return of the show, the first episode of the 2022 season. Uh, A little housekeeping before we get started. Um, For anyone that hasn't started their own podcast before, um, if you want it to be even halfway decent, it takes a lot of effort. So um, unfortunately for our listeners... What about uh, just a quarterway decent like us? Just like a moderate well, amount of effort. Okay. Yeah, but that's still more than we can really give, I think. So um, for this season, we are going to continue the pod, but we do plan to reduce the amount of episodes we're going to do. We will not be doing two a week um, unless, you know, we're feeling a little frisky. But otherwise, we will probably be down to one a week. Um, I think we'll try to get on a consistent schedule for you, but really... This is just going to be an opportunity for us to talk football. And if you guys enjoy it and want to listen along with us, then that's awesome. But um, yeah, it's a lot of work to watch every fucking game every single week and pay attention to stuff when you're not getting paid for it. Um, well, at least you guys that's aren't getting true. paid for it. <laughs> well, but, yeah. Pat, Pat Lowe, thank you for uh, your contribution, <laughs> sir. I think we are up to $13 now. Um, yeah, Pat, um, you definitely get to join the podcast at some point uh, for a little cameo. So just hit us up. Definitely gets we'll, executive uh, producer credits for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sure. EP, EP credits for sure. Um, all right. Now that that's out of the way. So today uh, we're going to touch on the <laughs> big stuff has gone down in the NFL the last few days. So um, we're going to touch on the Watson situation. We're going to talk about the Miami Dolphins um, I guess situation as well. I, I don't know what you call it. I mean, they got punished pretty severely for, um, I know they're drafting then, Tua. Oh, right. Sorry. Well, yeah. Uh, but then really, you know, we're just kind of, this is preseason for us. We're just getting in some reps, so we don't have much of an agenda beyond that, but I think we'd be remiss if we did not discuss the dumpster fire that is the Arizona Cardinals offseason right now. So uh, we will definitely get to that. I know we've got a decent amount of uh, listeners in Arizona. So uh, buckle up, boys, because um, I think we'll have a lot to say. <laughs> they did it to themselves at the end of the day. So <laughs> yeah, the jokes yeah, are writing themselves sure. at this point. They are. They are. But to start us off on a non-joking matter, um, the Deshaun Watson situation has gotten to well it's resolved itself to some degree it is obviously not done yet so for anybody that has not been paying attention which i'm assuming if you listen to us talk about the nfl you probably know what's going on with deshaun watson but um recently uh, what monday we're recording this on thursday um the nfl's 
neutral arbitration on the Deshaun Watson punishment. Um, Sue L. Robinson, uh, a former judge. Uh, I don't know what level. I don't. Federal. Again. Yeah, she's, she's a, a federal, federal judge. judge. Yeah. Federal judge um, was brought in as a neutral arbiter to uh, dole out punishment. And this is a new function of the CBA that was uh, collectively bargained two years ago. Previously, Roger Goodell with the personal uh, conduct policy would essentially be judge and jury and, and the executioner. <laughs> yeah. Now the he's just a jury and executioner. Right. And the Players Association could appeal a ruling. Um, we did see like certain situations, uh, not that this, well, did the Tom Brady, did Deflategate fall under the conduct policy or was that like oh, yeah. a separate? No, it, it, was, under okay. the, it was under the okay. integrity of the game, you know, integrity, violent, that's right. shitting on that yeah. shield. Yeah. So previously, I mean, the the one recourse that the Players Association had was they could um, essentially take it to court, like outside of the NFL. Um, but under the new collective bargaining agreement, both sides would present their case in the NFL's case. They were pushing for a year plus. So a year and indefinite uh, suspension is what they were going for. They there were what over 30 women that have settled cases in um, this issue with Deshaun and 30, 30 women have settled with the Texans. 23 have settled with Deshaun. However, the NFL only presented five cases to yep. judge Sue L Robinson. Um, only four of those were deemed valid valid as one of those was basically um, a bunch of hearsay um, in journalistic reporting. So four cases of the 24 or 23 were ultimately uh, reported to Judge Sue L. Robinson. Want to be clear, there is still one outstanding uh, case against, uh, yeah, one civil case outstanding against uh, Deshaun that hasn't been settled. Right. And as part of this process, only those four cases and the other pieces of investigation that the NFL conducted that brought to this arbitration can be used. So in Sue L. Robinson's decision, she wasn't able to look at any of the other cases, uh, the charges that were brought to Deshaun that were outside of what the NFL presented. So the NFL obviously pushing for um, a year plus and the players association was pushing for zero a happy um, ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, cut to Monday, Sue, Sue L Robinson issues her ruling. Um, more or less, she stuck with a six game suspension, which is the minimum, um, under the policy. And I mean, my interpretation was, precedent was mostly the reason why she didn't go beyond that. Now, in her statement, she was very, very critical of Deshaun. She more or less said everything the NFL brought to the table, what she felt was true. She said that she felt that his actions were egregious, that there was a pattern of behavior, that he committed these acts, acts of sexual assault, like not just sexual misconduct, sexual assault. But the thing that I keep getting hung up on here, and it it drives me insane, and we'll, we'll get to the rest of the process, but the fact that in her ruling, 
She claimed all this stuff, right, in support of the NFL's case. She even said that moving forward, Deshaun Watson is not able to have massages outside of the Browns facility and Browns sanctioned massage massage artists. So clearly she understands that this guy is a fucking problem and it did some bad stuff, right? But by, I guess, the letter of the law, none of these things were deemed, um, what, sexually aggressive? Or what, what was the... They were, yeah, the, pre the precedence was nonviolent crime. And, and this is honestly a, a problem with labor law in general, um, as unions utilize this, is um, it's basically spoken, unspoken, in writing, not in writing, past practices become precedent. And her language was that by the standards of fairness and consistency of treatment among players similarly situated, she can't do more than six games for the suspension. What she did also say is that it may be entirely appropriately appropriate to more severely discipline players like Deshaun Watson for nonviolent sexual conduct. It just hasn't happened yet. And so she's right. saying... I, what she is bound by, which is fairness and consistency, it's not appropriate to do so without providing notice to the players that apparently they need notice that if you are, in her own words, used his status as an NFL player as a pretext to engage in premeditated patterns of predatory behavior toward multiple women. Sounds pretty damn obviously bad. Obviously did. Yeah. Yes. But there hasn't been any adjudicated against that beyond six games on um, the, the worst uh, suspension so far was three games for a nonviolent sexual assault. And that was with multiple um, warnings previously provided. So uh, that is her stance. I understand her. her from, yeah, it was Jameis um, for touching an Uber driver on one occasion uh, was three games. So you can see that there's clearly a discrepancy here by the letter of the law that she was bound by it makes sense but the nfl can do whatever the hell it wants to do josh i'll let you get in here uh now that you're promoted to non-intern or you're just a more, you're just a more intern now you're promoted intern yeah keep it intern ambiguous too. maybe okay. let the maybe let the fans vote on what my new role is there keep we go interact with everybody we'll throw out a poll um so i 100 agree with everything you guys are saying that I understand where she's coming from. I understand that she was kind of like bound to a very rigid decision based on what the information she had. And she, I'm glad she did kind of like say all the things that she said about him being like, yo, this is fucked up behavior. But if I'm having to take the objective, like lay of the law route, like this is, this is what I give him, <clears throat> give him. But I do think that this was merely just a puppet show to kind of get, a pulse on the public reaction. If people were fine with six games, I think the NFL wouldn't have questioned it. But I think the fact that there was such a big pushback and such a poor response to it, I think it makes it easy <clears throat> for the NFL to then get it right. They've been, tr they've been trying to get it right for so many years. And this is kind of mm -hmm. like almost like a chance for them to try and get it right. And not that she's the scapegoat for being like, Oh, she gave six. Like that's the worst thing. Like how could you only give them six? But I think it just helps them be like, okay, well, you think six, but you also said it's open for interpretation on it should be worse. Or if you gave someone worse, I would understand based on the things laid out here that I think, 
I told you guys before, but I think I think the NFL will get a year on this. I think Deshaun they they offered Deshaun what twelve games and a the NFL can get, the yeah. NFL can get whatever they want. That's the beautiful part about yeah. this process from the non NFLPA perspective is this is basically something that what they collectively bargained in twenty twenty that they didn't have in the previous CBAs was everything was presented to the league and the league could take that evidence upon appeal. They could gather more evidence. Now they are bound that the only evidence that they can work from is what was presented in that case. And the 16 page uh, summary that was provided by judge Sue L Robinson. So whether or not it goes to uh, Roger Goodell or his designee, which we'll get into, uh, there's no new evidence that is coming forth. And that's what the CB, what right. the NFLPA didn't feel was fair before, was that we could say, okay, it's six games. And then they're like, well, now we want 20 more cases presented because we didn't think six games was appropriate. That's what they can't do at this point. Right. And under the, the new policy, so both sides had a chance to appeal the ruling. Um, the Players Association said on Sunday, so before the ruling even came out, that they were not going to. Uh, whatever Sewell Robinson decided, they would be fine with. Um, it sort of came across like a, hey, maybe, you know, the league, are you guys going to say the same thing? League obviously doesn't, didn't care. Um, like you said, Josh, the, the response to the six games, I think, really is what is the driving force here. But ultimately, we did get um the decision here from the nfl that they are going to appeal uh roger goodell has appointed somebody to make that decision and because of how this is set up the appeal the decision that is made now but you know from roger goodell or whoever he appoints is final there is no fighting it from the pa standpoint and the way that it's written up actually makes it challenging for the PA to take them to court outside of this system, at least it precedent wise as well, like from the Tom Brady situation, like that was, it's just a losing battle for the PA if they really want to pursue something beyond this. And I, I guess, Josh, you're, you're on record, you know, you think it's going to be a year toaster. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think they're going to go to that length or do you think they'll find some middle ground and then find them like the reporting has been so that's where it gets interesting to me as you said it's it's it will be final whatever um peter i like to call him harvey dent yay <laughs> but he's actually an attorney general from new jersey um is the designee that roger goodell appointed and goodell's not appointing anybody to this case that doesn't give him exactly what he wants that's right. just there's no reason to do so AKA what, what I, the owners want exactly i think what goodell wants is an indefinite suspension i think that an indefinite suspension brings up the legal case from a lawsuit standpoint even more so i can see them settling internally on a year, I don't mean settling with Deshaun Watson, but where this gets interesting to me is Deshaun Watson's contract set up to be suspended this year. He wants to be suspended this year and not have a drag out. If he, so because in my interpretation of how all this went down, uh, some Monday morning lawyer, by the way, this is on. fucking gross. Like, can we just like 
oh, the contract yeah. saying that I, the fact I that this is even a consideration is fucking gross. The Browns should be ashamed, but anyway, continue. Yeah, no, they should absolutely. And should, um, I don't want to, you know, segregate any of our fan base, but I've seen a lot of defense on the oh. six game suspension as well. And it's been, it's been a little, um, disturbing based upon the, the three things that basically judge Sue Robinson said he did, you know, sexual assault and conduct conduct genuine that's a genuine danger to the safety and well-being of another person and then obviously the risk to an, uh the nfl which i think you can easily say that six games per policy breaking justify it there is no lawsuit but where i was going with the lawsuit standpoint is because watson and the nflpa did not appeal he's suspended for the first six games the reason that brady got his stuff pushed into another year was because he appealed that this suspension shouldn't be happening at all because they gave up that right right now he will be suspended the first six games if they choose to choose to pursue it further and there's an injunction or a straining order put in so that he can play week seven and this doesn't get resolved until next year then he's risking three million per game that he's suspended so yeah. i think this is something where the Browns knew what was going to happen. Deshaun Watson knew better than not what was going to happen. And the league says this is the only way we can make it right is getting him gone for a year where the interesting part comes in is that in the fine. And if the fine outweighs what he's going to lose by missing seven games next year, 10 games mm -hmm. next year, then maybe they do fight it. So I think it's a one-year suspension, a minor fine um, that keeps it out of uh, the court system. Uh, because but Watson's going to lose in court. It's just right. that's how our, that's how arbitration cases go. Judges want it to be want it to be settled in arbitration. That's what been labor law for hundreds of years. Yeah, it's. I'm with you. I I don't think there's going to be much of a fight. Um, I just I don't know. I really struggle with this thing because his response to this to this point has been so terrible now he's he's come out you know he's obviously issued a statement um saying that he doesn't believe he's done anything wrong in fact he's never disrespected a woman in his life which is such a fucking like lacks so much self-awareness about anything and like look have i done anything near the degree to which Deshaun Watson has done whatever he's being, you know, accused of here. Absolutely not. And I can pretty confidently say that, like, I'm sure I've disrespected a woman along the lines, you know, like, it's just to say that you've never disrespected, you know, a full 50% of the population yeah, is just like fucking stupid. All the time. Yeah, yeah people get, it's yes. fucking stupid. <laughs> And he's shown zero remorse. I mean, there was a Schefter was on TV yesterday talking and he's been as a, basically a puppet for Deshaun Watson's camp since this whole thing started. And Schefter says like Deshaun still believes he didn't do anything wrong and blah, 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 blah. And in my mind, that that level of hubris, that level of, you know, whatever, that lack of self-awareness, maybe that drives him to pursue this thinking that he's going to win in some way, shape or form. And you know what? I fucking hope he does because 
going into next year, you said it's three million a game, essentially. I mean, it's a forty-six million dollar base salary, which is prorated right. on a per game basis. So divide by seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I hope, I hope this gets pushed. You know, I hope we see him for a few games this year. I hope the Browns are fucking dumpster fire, and I hope that he gets suspended for the majority, if not most, of next year, based on the legal process. And he forfeits a shit ton of money on top of ruining his career because, I mean, it's just the lack of remorse. Just I can't, I can't. Look well, that. and to your your point earlier, the brazenness of the Browns to set up his contract this way, and that's why he's on the Browns is because they were saying, well, yeah, everyone knows you fucked up. Let's yeah get as much money for you as you can. The first fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. Um, to that magnitude in that length. And it goes to a guy that they knew more likely than not was uh, going to not play for them the first year. Um, actually, I do want one quote in here um, just because of the whole deflate gate where the more probable than not came up multiple times. Um, yeah. it, Judge Sue L. Robinson said, more probable than not, Mr. Watson did have erections and that his erect penis contacted the therapist as claimed by them. So more probable than not, Tom Brady deflated some balls. More probable than not, Washington balls Watson got deflated. Sexual yeah. assault. Yeah. And then I, mean, I think I want to move off of this, but the last thing that I want, and I don't care if this podcast goes viral, just us hanging out, but it came to me how when the Browns visit the Steelers in January 8th, the last game of the regular season, is the terrible towel not a massage-sized towel with Deshaun Watson on there that <laughs> is just being fucking swung around? Like, well, Steelers fans have, have no room, <laughs> no room. Um, we can know, put that's... Roethlisberger on there too, but um, yeah, it's it's just a terrible situation, and it gets more terrible, and that's why I was I thought the league would potentially not appeal this just because they wanted it to go away. Now I think they yeah. know that the way it goes away is just saying, Watson, don't fight this. It is what it is. Take your money next year and let everything go this year. It's it's going to go away anyway. You know, I right. think it from like the Brown standpoint, even the worst case scenario for this thing, he's going to be back playing in the league, assuming he doesn't commit any more fucking crimes. alleged crimes and which was also one of the provisions by sue robinson which never seen that before in uh arbitration agreement but yeah right carry on and he you know the second he comes back if he's even close to the player that he was before i mean browns fans are already cheering him and you know whatever at browns camp like browns fans certainly won't give a shit and the same way that the league and us as NFL fans have sort of become numb to Ben Roethlisberger, to Jameis Winston, to you Peyton know, Manning, Tyreek Hill, <laughs> Joe Mixon. The list, the list is long, right? Yeah. And Kareem Hunt just, also on the brand. Yeah. Even if we don't ultimately like the NFL so ingrained in us, right? It's like, we're not going to boycott it. I, it would take, something pretty crazy. I, unfortunately, I think for me to do that, but like, even though I will sit there and 
stomach a Sunday night game between the Browns and the Ravens if Deshaun Watson's playing. Like, I mean, that's it's fucked that we're in that position, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we're still tuning in. The league's still making money. And they know that down the line, if Deshaun Watson ends up having a Hall of Fame level career like Ben Roethlisberger did, I mean, he's going to get fucking cheered at Canton, like the Hall of Fame game in Ohio. He's going to be like a fucking king on the field. Like, it's just going to it's going like go to go away no matter what. I would like to think that this is like if he ends up coming back, even if he has like just a ridiculous rest of his career, I would like to think that this tarnished the off field stuff to the point where he would never make the Hall of Fame. Um, but I have a philosophical. Is there question. an integrity clause in the? Sorry, Josh. There in is. the NFL Hall of Fame, there is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's about what you do on and off the field. Well, Jesus I'm, Christ, that's <laughs> when have they ever enforced that? Let's not bring yeah. Christ into this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have a philosophical question: Are we more forgiving of NFL guys doing shitty things because the NFL is such a violent sport that we look forward to them getting their ass kicked when they come back? Like, do you think we're more yeah. forgiving than other sports? Because it's like, all right, you know, like, fuck this guy, but at least if I'm going to watch him, I'm going to hope he's that gonna, he just gets absolutely He's going to die of dementia at age 60. <laughs> Maybe not long term, but like, you know, you're just like, because it, it's, I mean, similar to NFL guys, you know, when Deshaun Watson plays, like, guys are going to be headhunting for him. Like, there's going to be guys that take this whole are situation they, very personally. I mean, I think yeah, so. They are. I think so. I don't so. know if there are. I mean, I think like I think guys look for motivation. Look wait, for are, players. The top, are we talking about the top head or the bottom head? <laughs> yeah. Like well, don't run a rub around near have... him because he might get aroused. <laughs> more probable good. than not. Yeah, more probable than not. Um, I, but like, I don't, I don't think the players care, man. I, I think the players hope that. If, I think. Look, I you think there's win. a good portion. I think there's a good portion of the population and the player you know, the NFL Players Association that um, doesn't condone what he did and doesn't like him for it and whatever, none of them will say a fucking word. And I think they're all hoping that whatever happens with this is as minimal as possible because it ultimately affects them potentially and the future of any player that comes into the league. So, it, you know, I don't know if I've heard a single players speak out against him and i don't know if we ever will um you know and i don't think that's the case i don't think people are gunning for deshaun watson because he had at best a fucking weird ass addiction to massages and and Lord knows whatever else. You don't don't think guys are going to like chirp him to try and get a mental edge. And then that escalates into more. Oh, they definitely will chirp him, but I don't know that that is going to change anything within the confines of the game. They're not, I mean, at this point, the quarterbacks are so protected within the game. You're hurting your team. If you're doing anything to Deshaun, right? I mean, you're going to have to be up by your 30 late and just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot on him. Yeah. And refs are going to be looking for it, frankly, Yeah, I, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, that's a good point, but like, I don't, do I hope your... he sucks ass and gets his, the shit beat out of him every game that he plays the rest of his career? Absolutely. But like, uh, I don't think that makes me feel any better about the fact that he's playing necessarily. <laughs> yeah. To your actual question though. Um, I mean, I don't think that I'm 
desensitized to him because he's an NFL player. I think it's that he's one of the greatest at his potential job and this job is replaceable like other jobs are. Therefore, he gets to maintain his job. And it doesn't mean that we're rooting for him. It doesn't mean that we, you know, like him as a person. It just means that unfortunately this he gets to come back and do what he's great at because the next man up isn't as good for now the Browns as the as you know Jacoby Brissett or whoever the fuck they get. Jim Uplow, I don't think we're going into that on this podcast, but um I, I don't think that it re- respects them anymore. Um and I can see a lot of Browns fans falling off the bandwagon because of this, because it's it's quite frankly disgusting and disturbing. Oh, I think Browns fans are going to have a change of fate. Like they already have. I I really don't think Browns fans are going to be too upset about it when this is all said and done. Well, well it's because they already people, have a paper bag over their head, so nobody knows who right? they are. <laughs> I mean, people, some will, uh, some will. I don't, yeah, like, I I don't want to generalize you know all of browns fans based on the people that were at browns camp doing that like it for sure there are people that will probably hopefully not root for the browns maybe root against them um but yeah at the end of the day i feel like five years from now yeah nobody's gonna even fucking consider this when they talk about him um you know it's gonna be all about what he does on the field so it's this is honestly my least favorite part about being an NFL fan is this and laundry. Yeah. And I, I would like to think that if the bears were to, the team that pulled this move off the way the Browns did, um, that I would not be watching their games. I would not be supporting them. Um, but, Same as yeah, if man. they moved to Ar- Arlington. <laughs> Arlington Heights, okay. Oh, Let's okay. not confuse yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually so, yeah. love that idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's okay. get into some positive yeah. stuff. Shit talking Kyler Murray. <laughs> well, do we want to? <laughs> to that was a good transition. Do we want to touch on the Dolphins just real quick for any mud that maybe wasn't aware because they were uh, too involved in how- the MLB trade yeah. deadline? potentially no you mean how they decided to dump it between the deshaun watson suspension announcement and the appeal announcement so that it's already out of the fucking news for them as well yeah oh yeah and it just so happened that was within hours of the juan soto trade maybe the biggest trade in the history of major league baseball um but no no babe ruth who's that guy okay I mean, we're talking about this generation. hundred years childish, of curses. The childish Bambino, dude. Uh, that's his nickname. Anyway, uh, so for anybody not aware, the Dolphins recently um, got punished by the NFL. They got, uh, they have to forfeit their first round pick next year, which they had to. And you, you mentioned Tua earlier, Toaster, and... I feel like the Dolphins were trying to set themselves up to where, look, if it didn't work out with Tua this year, hey, at least we have two first-round picks. We have ammo to move up and potentially get his replacement. Well, now they – yeah. Well, now they just lost that. Um, They lost one of their picks. They still have the 49ers pick. um, but And a third-round pick, I think, in 2024. Is that right? Um, Yeah. Not next year. Um, But basically, they were punished for tampering um, not once – 
but twice and probably multiple times, uh, but with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. And if we know anything about Devil's the NFL, threesome. yeah, the Devil's Threesome. <laughs> Actually, that's probably worse than that. Stephen Ross, Tom <laughs> Brady, and Sean Payton. What's, what's worse than that? I don't know. Um, Deshaun but, Watson, but. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If we know anything about the NFL, if you really want to fucking punish somebody, you know, affect the integrity of the league and potentially the money of the other owners. Um, And from what I understand, the people in Tampa were very much aware of what was going on with this. Um, they kind of didn't say anything except they behind closed doors told the Dolphins like, hey, fucking knock it off. Like, this is bullshit. Um, well, that's because they had tampered with Brady the year before. So, <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but oh, um, th- I think this is like fairly significant. I mean, so there's rumors that Brady was trying. They were trying to offer him a piece of ownership within the team and be the starting quarterback, which would have been pretty fucking wild. Um, I didn't hear much about the Sean Payton situation to be perfectly honest with you, but, um, still that uh, this is pretty significant punishment and there was a fine associated as well, right? Yeah. It's the biggest fine, um, in the history of the league. Uh, Stephen so Ross was 1. fined 1.5 million. Um, he's suspended for, I believe it's also six games coincidentally, you know, similar conduct. And then uh, the part that uh, was actually interesting to me within with respect to the Deshaun Watson situation is uh, Bruce Beal, Brady's longtime friend and minority owner of the Dolphins, was fined 500K, and he's been suspended for the entire year, which coincidentally would give the NFL leverage for Watson's potential year-long suspension that says, oh, we do treat our owners and our players the same. Right, which was a players the players association part of their argument, right? Was that owners exactly. with yep. similar um, cases like Robert Kraft okay. uh, yep. weren't punished the same way? So yes, that is a very good call. Um, yeah, this one this one was really interesting and kind of came out of left field. Obviously, there's the Brian Flores process that is still playing out, um, and which Stephen Ross feels is completely exonerated by this outcome somehow, and it has zero to do with right. that uh, lawsuit. Well, so, well, other than other than Flores was saying that Stephen Ross offered him money to tank games, which the NFL in their investigation of the situation said that they didn't find that that was the case. Apparently, saying they prioritize the draft. Joking. They didn't. No, yeah, prior- it wasn't necessarily. No, they were very clear. They didn't say that he didn't offer him money. They just said that it wasn't a serious offer. They didn't say whether or not that offer was monetary or the offer was right. just lose games. It was it wasn't a serious offer. So, yeah, um, I mean, NFL must have I mean, they have some of the best legal teams in any business at this point because they are. Guy. They are so challenged constantly that every single release that they have is is quite frankly pristine um, because they're admitting guilt without admitting wrongdoing in a lot of ways and not setting themselves up to have something that can be on the record for that Brian Flores uh, lawsuit, which will be very interesting if it isn't forced into arbitration, just like uh, the Watson cases. If it's forced into arbitration, then just sweep it under the rug like everything else they do. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like, again, especially coming out of 
the conversation we just had about Deshaun Watson. This is nothing, right? We're talking about the integrity of the league. Who the fuck cares? Um, you know, I'm, I think it's steep, honestly. I mean, tampering, I get it, but like a first round pick, a third round pick, the fine, like the suspensions, that's pretty insane. Like that tells me that this was egregious. The level to which that they were tampering must have been crazy. You can't offer a player ownership stakes or future ownership stakes as part of their package. Contract. You just can't yeah. do that, right? Like, I mean, you talk about Brady's, salary cap. Yeah, Brady's set up his team for success for years and years and years by working for below market value. And now you're saying, oh, well, we'll give you a portion of ownership at below market value. And it's like, fuck it, one million a year. I don't even care if I get suspended anymore because I'm going to be a part owner of a $5 billion organization. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we have a handshake agreement with Sean Payton to come join you if you uh, can make this deal work, Tom. So <laughs> we, reached out to him on, we reached out to him on Instagram. He's, he'll be in the hotel room shortly. Yeah, he's right. making a reel right now as being the new owner of uh, the Dolphins. <laughs> Did I just envision Bill Belichick now that all this has like, gone down? I just envisioned Belichick when he first sent that text. He's just like wiggling his toes, like in front of a fire with his like oh, half yeah. cut hood up. And you know, he's just you smiling. Got, just oops, like, dude, sorry. The only time he ever guy. smiles, he's just like, Ooh. it just sends it and well, just like puts his head down, just leans back and be like, I love well, the offseason. Give the, <laughs> give, the pod, give the pod context on that, John. It's been a while since that happened. But then do you believe that that was intentional or not? I do. Okay. So basically um, what happened was what kicked this whole thing off. Brian Flores was, uh, I was going to say auditioning. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he was uh, doing a dance routine. No, he um, was interviewing for a few different NFL head coaching jobs. Um, Brian Flores was uh, part of Bill Belichick's coaching staff, as was Brian Dayball, who was the Bills offensive coordinator that ended up getting the Giants head coaching job. Uh, Bill Belichick got word that Brian Dayball was going to get the job, and he accidentally texted Brian Flores saying congratulations, to which Brian was like, what the fuck? And it was before it was his two interview. Days, yeah, two days yeah. before his interview. Which means he knew that they were violating the Rooney rule, and that's what sort of kicked this whole thing in motion. So... The fact that Bill Belichick sent an accidental text that ultimately led to a team in his division losing two draft picks and being fined and yada, yada, yada is just the ultimate. And that's Tom Brady out of his division and kept, and kept John Payton yeah. out of his yeah. division. 100% that was on purpose. You think the guy that runs the <laughs> tightest run ship in the NFL over the last 20 plus years is going to accidentally send a text to the wrong guy? I just I have a hard time believing it. I mean, and it's like to the to the exact person that can't afford to see that text, like the one person that would see that text and blow this whole thing up. He just happened to get it two days before I mean, his interview. Just happened I mean, to get it. Bill Belichick is a boomer, and I'm sure he has every. He probably has like four Brian's in his phone that does not even have a last initial, and he just went to the wrong one. I I would not be shocked if it was accidental. I, I I mean I think he's if it was in dumb if it was intentional that means he would have had to know 
that all of the tampering was going on as well. And this was a calculation. But at the same point, so I'm of the, I'm of the opinion, I'm of the opinion that always been a colluder. He didn't do this on purpose because I, I want to give Bill Belichick for everything on earth. I think he's an absolute genius. One of the best minds the NFL's ever had. One of the greatest respects for the game that anyone's ever had. Yeah, he does. I don't think that he is this maniac. He would be able to pull this off. But damn, is it a good story if he was able to do this. Um, The only reason that I would see that it could be intentional is that he does respect this game so much. And he doesn't believe it's fair that Brian Torres didn't get his interview before they were willing to give Brian Dayball the job. And if he comes out in retirement and says exactly that, I just hats off to you, sir. You are one of the seriously, the best things that's ever happened to the NFL. If he announces that this was intentional at his hall of fame speech, I will get Belichick's face tattooed on my ass. Like <laughs> mad respect. Dude, mad I wouldn't respect. put it past Goodell just to rip that jacket off him like on stage. If he said that, or he's like, I know this is all. <laughs> like I was the puppeteer the whole time. <laughs> Well, hopefully Goodell's not still sure when uh, Belichick retires because we need him a couple more years to do something um, yeah. with this uh, <laughs> Mac Jones character. But no, yeah, um, how can right. I mean, seriously, can any other sport run the offseason like the NFL? No, the I NBA mean, is trying, but no, the NBA tries. But well, in in this country, I don't, I don't think. You know, anything touches the NFL, even with the NBA's craziness. Uh, internationally, you, you know, live golf some... is what you're saying. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, live golf. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to the Cardinals. And I'm just going to try to do a quick rundown of the timeline here. And then you guys uh, stop me if I missed something. But The Cardinals start the season hot as shit. They're the number one seed in the NFC. Kyler Murray is the front runner for MVP. They fall off a cliff like they have done. I mean, no pun intended. Uh, Fall off a cliff the second half of the year. They end up getting absolutely blasted in the first round of the playoffs by the Rams. And Kyler Murray plays terribly absolutely terribly season ends there's talk that maybe there's going to be a change up they're going to mix or they're sorry they're going to fire cliff and or steve kime the general manager turns out both those guys get extensions to 2027 um just want to sorry that's all accurate but i think yeah the kyler part you're throwing out here happened before all of that even yeah kyler kyler just um, Wants a new contract. He does not want to play on his rookie scale deal anymore, which, you know, I don't totally blame him for. But Kyler's agent puts out the weirdest fucking statement I've ever seen in my life, basically outlining all the reasons that Kyler is awesome. And, hey, he is, uh, you know, unhappy, but he wants to be with the Cardinals for the rest of his career. It was the most um, like inappropriately correct PR <laughs> statement ever. Like why so you weird. say like everything you're pointing out, you have objectively done. You're not wrong, but like, why are you doing this presser right now? Right. And then wild. 
coming off of the last game that we saw Kyler was maybe the worst game of his career in the biggest moment of his career. Like that's just like sort of added fuel. And he to... put his feet in the ground, but, like saying, pay me off of that. Yeah. But he was, no, he was the scapegoat. Remember he, every, he was saying that everyone else was keep, was saying that it was his fault that they lost and they were utilizing him as a scapegoat for right. losing that game. He got rid of every mention of the Cardinals on Instagram because he's a fucking 14 year old. I won't get into gender, um, but it's, he's it was just there. Yeah. It was just a, it was just a complete fuck up. Is that a height that. joke that he's 14? No. no. Okay. No, no, it, absolutely. 1.4 like, meters, 1.4 meters. <laughs> right. It, it was a disaster. And like there were already rumblings that he teammates didn't necessarily respect him as a leader that he his pouting on the sidelines and in the locker room rubbed people the wrong way not the kind of guy you want to give a shit ton of money to regardless it was pretty much thought of all offseason that the cardinals would ultimately extend kyler by the time the season started so i don't know if that was in it was in question for a certain part early in the offseason, but as things progressed, sort of felt like we were going to get to that point. Now, Cardinals offseason continues. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, who's maybe the most critical player to them because without him, Kyler Murray is basically uh, what? A 14-year-old. Johnny, Man- Johnny Manziel. <laughs> Johnny Manziel, yeah. <laughs> um Baker Mayfield. I don't know. He, he's but, way better than Johnny Menzel ever was, but like it was, <laughs> it's night and day without Hopkins. Like yeah. it's night and day. Hopkins gets six games, PED suspension um, for, you know, whether you agree with it or not, trace amounts of a banned substance in his system. Sucks for him, but, you know, whatever. Add it to the list for the Cardinals. Um, Same the Cardinals, suspension as uh, Deshaun Watson, just throwing that out there. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, um, that's what's so funny about the no precedent. It's like, well, you have all these other cases that got six games, and you want to lump this type of conviction or this type of suspension into all those six game suspensions. Yeah. Anyways, proceed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's every time the NFL issues a suspension, like you can go to that. Um, but on draft night, the Cardinals trade a first round pick for Hollywood Brown, and I got to tell you. Regardless of the fit, the scheme fit, and all of whatever, um, the Oklahoma connection, he can't really high on Hollywood to begin with. Um, They will absolutely have to give Hollywood a extension in the realm of all of these massive wide receiver extensions that we've been seeing inevitably because they gave a first round pick for him. Um, Let's see. So that that move was widely panned on draft night and by anybody that watches or pays attention to the NFL. Um, Let's see. Recently, uh, speaking of Hollywood, he was arrested Wednesday morning for criminal speeding, which how you get arrested for speeding blows my fucking mind. Oh, wait. Sorry. I'm like skipping ahead, like five things on the Cardinals list here. Um, (laughs) I mean, you might as well, we might as well tell people how there's been going. Right. So apparently he was going uh, toaster. You said what? 126 in in a 65. (laughs) So, okay. Arrestable. In Arizona, I think anything over 25, they could arrest you. Is criminal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but one of the biggest things, so again, I can't believe I skipped over this. I was, I had the Hollywood photo in front of me is really what it was. The Cardinals ultimately give Kyler Murray his extension. They make him on an annual basis with his new contract. Uh, the, well, not highest paid because that designation goes to Aaron Rodgers, but higher than Deshaun Watson. It's 230 million, um, shit ton of guaranteed money. And in the contract, there was what was referred to as a quote unquote homework clause that designated that Kyler had to do four hours of independent study every week or his contract would be default. And whether or not you think that that was right or wrong or whatever the fuck the situation was. The fact that that was included tells you all you need to know about how comfortable the Cardinals were giving Kyler Murray $230 million. And Especially how toxic that relationship is in general. We can go keep going down the rundown, but I got things yeah. to say about this. Right. So we, I, we can wrap this up uh, quickly, but uh, the most recent... Um, issue that has come to light is that today i think the cardinals well the arrest happened today the the arrest happened with their um running backs coach who was involved in an assault charge but even beyond that so the, the cardinals now host their training camp in glendale they used to host it in uh flagstaff apparently the um hotel where all of the staff is staying at for training camp had a roof leak that ruined, like they had to shuttle people out of the hotel. Like it was just like thing after thing came down that it just made them look so stupid. But getting back to the biggest piece here, the homework clause, which they promptly, well, maybe not super promptly after Kyler came out and spoke on a day when he wasn't scheduled to speak and basically, you know, pooped his pants and did you say it was disrespectful like he straight up said it was disrespectful to have he rattled off his resume to like i'm the only quarterback to be 47 and 0 in texas high school football like he went that far back to say that that's a cool story bro because everyone cares about what you did in fucking high school like yeah (laughs) good for you okay so yeah he does that he couldn't have done that without studying right the Cardinals then remove the clause from his contract the next day, which honestly I think is more embarrassing for them and him than if they would have just let it be. Because it shows that they are listening. Like they're listening to all the noise. And it's like the way to the, the quickest way to look like a weak franchise is to let everyone else not involved in the situation influence your decisions. It's all yeah. like, oh. And on well, top the thing of it, about okay. No, sorry. Uh, on top of all of this, Kyler got COVID this week and uh, has to miss time in training camp. And so anyway, he's got his, yeah. he's got he's banking up his independent study, is what it sounds like. That's five <laughs> days of independent study, forty <laughs> hours that gets him through week ten. There we go. We're good. That's why they're just milking his summer vacation. Yeah, he's yep. like school no, starts um, in like two weeks. <laughs> the only reason the independent study 
could have been in the contract is because they knew it would have been leaked and they knew it would make him look absolutely awful. It's a completely unenforceable clause. You're, can you imagine the lawsuit that would happen if they're like, okay, well, we're, we're reneging on the last 80 million of your guaranteed because you didn't, you only studied for two hours on week seven going against right. the fucking Jets. Like, we'll fucking prove like, it. Exactly. So not only that, but the homework clause included a piece that said during that time, he's not allowed to be doing anything else, watching TV, TV playing TV. video games, getting a massage, which, getting a massage. Yeah. Which, which brought up uh, some great investigative journalism by people on the internet that found that the release date of call of duty every year, the line of Kyler's performances before and after are it, it's like a serious trend it's which statistical. Is, it yeah is. it's a statistically significant trend and on top of that the <laughs> i think somebody recently i think i sent this to you guys on double xp weekend which doesn't really mean <laughs> anything to me personally it's I just when you're playing call on the weekend if you play call of duty you get twice the xp so you can level up your guns faster you can get cosmetics faster it's literally like liquid heroin for call of duty players Okay, like when you so hear Kyler, double XP weekends, people are like, cancel your plans. We're playing COD with the boys. Like that's what that's what that is. Okay. So statistical analysis uh determined that he plays worse when there's active double XP weekends. The results <clears throat> so <laughs> Kyler's average passer rating on non two XP weekends is ninety-seven and eighty-nine on two XP weekends. His passing yards uh, average yards per game is 251 on non 2xp weekends, 245 on 2xp weekends. His completion percentage drops uh, slightly at 0.12%. Um, his win loss record: he is 18, 16, and one on non 2xp weekends, and four and seven on 2xp weekends. So, whatever you want to look at, the guy unless it's just an insane coincidence and we know he's a gamer and he's paid uh, he's sponsored by face clan which is a publicly traded they're now publicly traded company but he is a partner with them so like it is a second job like for him so it's not surprising that he's invested this much to, or like to say he's not investing time in call of duty would be a bold-faced lie because face clan is paying him a fuck ton yeah. of money to play call of duty yeah just I mean, you throw all this together, right? What do we realistically think is going to happen for the Cardinals this year? Like their record or like their public perception? Their record. I mean, I haven't taken a look at their schedule. I mean, maybe we should it's pull a that up. It's a tough schedule. It's a tough schedule. And, and when Call of Duty comes out, the run of games after Call of Duty. <laughs> when Call of Duty. No, no, seriously, dude, I'm serious because <laughs> – uh, as someone who I've, I love video games, this is this coming Call of Duty is going to be the most anticipated Call of Duty in the last. When does it come out, Josh? October twenty eighth. Okay, the games after October. 28th. It's an insane run. It's a brutal November, and this is one of the highly uh, yeah. like most anticipated Call of Duty games in the last like five. Years. I've sent this. I've sent this to you before, John. They play the 49ers twice: Rams, Chargers, Patriots, Broncos, Bucks. And then Falcons are the only should be winnable game, but that doesn't even count. The start of their season is Chiefs card, uh, Chiefs Raiders Rams, and they're doing that without D Hop 
they're potentially doing that without a little uh, Marquise Brown should he be suspended a, a game or two. Um, and it's and they're gonna, in Vegas, which you know, depending on how you feel about the Raiders, that definitely will hurt the Cardinals being on the road in Vegas. Their next game is at Carolina. So even if you don't think Carolina is going to be good, the Cardinals are going on the road. Then they are against Philadelphia, who I actually think will be pretty decent at Seattle. Their, their ceiling's nine games to me. Then that's their ceiling. I'm saying their best case yeah. is not. I don't games. think they get over 500. What What does Vegas have them at right now? I would guess eight and a half if I was banking on guessing. Um, there also is a correlation to the, like the quality of the Call of Duty game. So like since this is one of the more higher anticipated ones, like it very well could be because in 2019, Modern Warfare came out and that was like objectively like a top three Call of Duty game in the last like 15 years. Okay. And he had his second worst game of the season after it released. And in the last nine games of the year, he only had fifth, uh, posted 15 fantasy points or more in only three of the remaining nine games. 2020, the game was okay. And he put he went under 20 points in five of the last eight. And then last year's game fucking sucked. And he went over 20 points in half of the games. After Do him and DeAndre Ayton just hang out and play video games all the time? Is that why Dude. the Arizona sports teams can't win in the fucking playoffs? I just want to, I can't let this go that we're looking at some guy that is now the second highest paid quarterback in the league. He's paid arguably two years earlier than it needs to be. If you throw in franchise tags four years earlier than it needs to be, yep. he's 22, 21 in his career. He's below Never 500. won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. 67% completion percentage, a two to one TD to intercept ratio, which is middling to me. Yes. He's got some great running statistics that goes away. Like there, we aren't paying quarterbacks into their part of the reason he falls apart at the end of every year because he gets banged up and he can't, yeah. he's not as effective as a runner. And so Colonel interestingly, in, nine and a half, by the way. Okay. Well, I'd take the under on that one. Um, interesting to me, the Cardinals can get out of this contract in about three years for a reasonable price. It's 33 million dead cap, 20 million dead cap the year after and like seven or 10 the year after that. So they didn't structure it poorly. Um, the most intriguing part of all of this stuff to me this year in the Cardinals offseason was the extension of Kime and Clingsbury because I see no reason for those things. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. They they also got rid of, um, sorry, Chandler Jones. Uh, they gave James Conner a pretty decent deal for a running back, which, you know. Three-year, $21 million as we know, is the key to success in, in the NFL, right? Uh, paying running backs. Did they their line get drafted, any better? They draft, uh, no, and Rodney Hudson almost retired. And, and probably will next year. They did secure their left tap to the future, but yeah. there's a lot of money that's going to be need to pay, be paid on that offensive side of the ball to keep Kyler happy. They aren't going to have the cash to do it. No, and in the second round, they drafted a tight end, who they already have, they're paying Zach Ertz. Um, they have Max Williams on the roster. And then you go out and waste a second round pick on a tight end. Like their team building strategy makes no sense to me. And I, I've said this uh, on Twitter earlier, but they look, they're not a terrible team. Kyler is not a terrible quarterback. They are a good team that 
has convinced themselves they are a great team and it has caused them to make the weirdest moves of any team this offseason. Um, I would also take the under on that nine and a half games. And depending on how Trey Lance looks, um, this could, well, I, I guess the Seahawks, if they start true lock, those should be, <laughs> those should be some easy wins, but I mean, this could be a brutal season for them. Brutal. I mean, After you look at the end of that schedule for five more years. Yeah, exactly. You look at the end of the schedule. I mean, of, from week 10 on, Rams, Niners, Chargers, Pats, Broncos in Denver, Tampa, Atlanta, and San Fran. How many games there do you say definitively? Like, how many of those games are even no, coin one flips of, in your mind? One of them's winnable. One of them one of them's winnable, and one of them's a coin flip because I usually try to say we split – uh, them games so one and one against San Fran yeah I mean seriously and then you've got the same narrative that you've had every year with the late season collapse this one like scheduling definitely fucked them on this but there's no way it doesn't happen again and it just is going to look super poor they've again given each of the main players in this organization five more years before they collapse once again and before the season started, the journalists have so much ammo to come at these guys with questions the rest of the year. Like, yep. do you know how many times they're probably going to ask if they lose? Do you feel like you prepared enough this year or this this week? Do you feel like it was a preparation issue? Like, there's going to be so many backhanded oh questions God. that are you Kyler know are going to get going... under his skin. Like, you know it's going to bother him. Yeah, a thousand percent. So that game in New England is week 14. It's coming off a bye, but it's Monday night, December 12th. Very likely to be cold, you know, and spotlight's going to be on them. Chances are this will be a pivotal game for them to like, is their season done or do they have a run in them? Mm -hmm. I mean, that could be a game that just goes so poorly for them. So poorly. I mean, Bill Belichick, like good fucking luck. Um, So we got shit on. A little bit last year by our friends who were Cardinals fans early in the year because we weren't buying in. And then, oh, lo and behold, what happened? Um, <laughs> I think a lot of them are probably on our side to some degree with this. But I, whew, this could be bad for them this year. So do you think because of the publicity of the contract, it's regardless of the performance, it's a bad contract because of the publicity it generated? Or do you think that if he performs – even at a satisfactory level to the contract, let's say at the end of his contract, let's say at the end of his contract, his best performance is like a divisional championship, like appearance in the playoffs, a conference championship appearance. They make it to the NFC championship and lose to somebody. Like, let's say that's the best he ever gets to. Like, what would it take for this not to be considered a disappointing contract with the amount of money and the shit show that's already started before the contracts even really gone into effect like with performance wise he's got to win an mvp and he's got to take them to a super bowl yeah i was going to say i don't i don't see any way it's not a disappointing contract cuz i don't see either yeah. of those things happening um do you think it's cuz the I, number or the publicity that makes it more disappointing it's 
it's the number, but it's also the league right now. Is your setup that you know the next quarterback paid is the next high quarterback being paid? The problem here is they paid him too early. They didn't need to pay him after year to. three. That's why it's a bad contract. Okay. If they did this in, if they did this after his fourth year, between you know, didn't have him play on his fifth year extension, I get it. You don't have a better option. You're you know, middle of the league, top top middle of the league. You're not getting a next year starter in the draft. But right now, they him for no reason whatsoever, and yeah. I won't be surprised if they get out of this before by year four. Quite frankly, well they. They paid him because they knew he's whiny and they were going to have to deal with it if they didn't pay him. Yeah. I, I, what I mean, still, it's the wrong decision. But we started this whole thing off essentially by saying that the extension of Kime and, and Cliff was yeah. the wrong decision anyway. And those are the decision makers there ultimately. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, all right. Let's we'll leave the people with some more for the rest of the year. I do want to just do a quick recap here that uh, it's been a fantastic year. I love talking football with you guys. Glad we're doing it again. Uh, King, Kingston got married. I got married. J Rob's now in a committed relationship with Russell Wilson. So, I mean, it's been a great year all around. Let's ride. We're, we're looking oh. to it for another one. Yep. <laughs> so, I love Russ. Everything I'm about to say is from a place of love. He's so fucking corny, man. Like, <laughs> if he wasn't such a good guy, it'd be so much easier to like throw shade or throw hate at him. But like, he is such a good guy. He does everything for the community. But my God, like, is I, he a that, fucking robot, dude? When like, he was when he wore his jersey into the stadium, <laughs> I was like, and I wanted so to caption. I wanted the caption so bad on Aaron Rodgers, like, oh, I guess he forgot his jersey when he showed up in that wife beater. But uh, like, <laughs> uh, all right, we so so corny. This is this is how we're gonna end every episode this year, and at the end of the year, we are gonna put a compilation together. J. Rob, you need to give us your best Broncos country. Let's ride. Oh and, God! Uh, <laughs> that's gonna be our out. So the floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, to kick off the preseason, there's only one way to do it, and it's to do it poorly. So, <laughs> this country, let's ride. <laughs>